This episode of GameScoop is sponsored by Squarespace. If you're looking for a way to make your business stand out and succeed online, Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for you. They take the stress out of creating an awesome website, engaging with your audience, and selling anything from products to content to time so you're able to focus on, you know, everything else. In other words, you'll have more time for gaming. With the new guided design system, you can choose from curated layouts and styling options to build a unique online presence from the ground up, optimized for every device. And with Squarespace's integrated, optimized SEO tools, you'll show up more often to more people. Squarespace doesn't just make things easier for you. Checkout for your customers is made seamless with simple but powerful payment tools that allow you to accept credit cards, PayPal, and Apple Pay. And in eligible countries, offer the option to buy now and pay later with Afterpay and Clearpay. So whether you're just starting out or looking to expand your existing brand, be sure to visit squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com gamescoop to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com gamescoop for 10% off. You know, when it comes to wireless carriers, sometimes what you see isn't always what you get. Except with Visible. With Visible, what you see is exactly what you get. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. With Visible, there are no hidden fees, no fine print, no hassle, nothing to hide. It's just $25 a month, all taxes and fees included. And you don't need more than one line of wireless to save. You can save on a line all to yourself with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. And again, just $25 a month. The future of wireless is here and it is transparent. If you want more transparency in your wireless plan, you want to be on the Visible plan. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. That's Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN GameScoop. I'm your host, Damon Hadfield. Joining me this week is Justin Davis, Scoop. Sam Claiborne. I feel like my chair's a little low. And Tina Amini. You can I raise too. it you if see you low. want. I had to yeah. lower mine. If I, I like go any lower, I might Well, this is like the tiny side of the table. The t- <laughs> oh, no, I went lower. Hold on. Uh, I went up a little bit. Man, right. so... GameScoop's canceled this week. We have, there's so much <laughs> to talk about this week. We got to talk about uh, Fallout 76 is back in the news again for the usual reasons. We got to talk about a much... <laughs> Better Fallout game called The Outer Worlds. But first, <laughs> let's start with Delay Ween. Or oh, yeah. uh, as uh, I think it was uh, Ryan McCaffrey tweeted that the games industry is firing its delaser at a bunch of uh, hotly anticipated 2020 games. Or what's the Delay? official name for it? This Bom- bombs drop day? Oh, God. The day Wait, the no, bomb. that was yesterday. That, that's different, yeah. That was for Fallout. Delaser is yeah. really good. The delaser is pretty good. That's a Ryan McCaffrey <laughs> joint. Uh, let's start with the biggest one The Last of Us 2. Has been delayed uh, from what it was like February 20th. Now it's uh, May 29th. Which is and right in that God of War zone. Yeah. That and would, what do you, why do you say that? Because God of War. May, right? Or it was, uh, April. I think it was April, April, yeah. I don't but yeah. Like the three month delay, like whatever. Sure. But what's weird about it is they just I know. announced the February. After day. years, <laughs> after years, you know, the game was announced years ago, uh, a slow trickle of information for years, and they just finally, a few weeks ago, announced this release date. And then to delay it so soon after that, it's like, wow, that's Which makes you wonder, were they ever confident in that date to begin with? Yeah. Just a month later? Did Sony force their hands to put that? Which does happen. Sure. Like Naughty Dog and Sony undoubtedly had some uncomfortable conversations in the last few weeks. Yeah. Like I told you guys, February wasn't going to work. Yeah. That probably, you know, that could have been what happened. And then also it it butts up against whatever else Sony has that year. 
including the PS5. So it's well, like if you have a game out in, in the beginning of summer, no one wants to release games in the summer, which is dumb because summer is really fun to play video games. I don't know why you guys don't release these things. Everyone's watching yeah. movies instead. They used to. Yeah, it, but then it's just like you have like what, September and, and then October becomes like right up. Like who's going to buy your yeah. game if you're putting it out right before the new consoles come out? Oh, but it's coming out in May. So what? It wait. is. So I'm thinking of Ghost of Tsushima, which has yes. not been announced as a next-gen title. It's like a total like that's the thing that's coming out after yeah. Last of Us. So like is that's that going to be a summer game? That'd be awesome. May is like for me the unofficial like limit of like you can release a game in May and not have people worrying about next gen too much. Yeah. After that, it's like mm. you're brushing well, it way too close. Maybe yeah. it's after E3. Yeah. Because yeah. after E3, everyone's going to be full on That's when next gen. We already had the conversation yeah. about Cyberpunk being so close to next yeah. gen that yeah. we didn't we might not right. play it. You well, know, like, and last one falls into that. that category too. But yeah. for me, Cyberpunk is because I just you know that game is going to benefit from the hardware and looks so beautiful and so amazing yeah. on next gen. And Last of Us. Some other games, like, you know, I don't care about playing Avengers on next gen, for example. Yeah. Which is like now at the same Avengers time as Last of Us, right? Sort of, yeah. Right? I think it's a few days before Marvel's Avengers. Uh, Marvel's Avengers is May 15th. Yeah. So okay, May 29th so makes The Last of Us 2 the latest 2020 game that we know of Ooh, as of right now. That's great. Yeah. What if we can't finish it before E3? Then E3, E3 you get to canceled. skip. Then you get to skip. <laughs> okay, I'm in on this plan. <laughs> Uh, that does free up uh, February to focus more on Final Fantasy VII Remake. Mm-hmm. If uh, yeah. everyone was planning on playing that, yep. Do they, or does, Ori and the Will of the Wisps and Animal Crossing. And that's the reason why nope, they delayed that's, it. <laughs> that's not February. That's March. That's March. Is, you look this up. I see. I do. I keep. <laughs> currently is. I keep uh, video game release dates. The FF Seven Remake. That's they have a marketing agreement with PlayStation. I think right. Like they're primarily associated with. PlayStation. Yeah, I think I don't think it's officially been announced for Xbox yet, but some box art leaked. I may be so. mistaken on that, but uh, you know, my point is maybe it wasn't such an uncomfortable, <clears throat> horrible discussion at all. Maybe it was just like we could use a couple more months to polish it up. They already have a big PlayStation associated game coming yep. out in Q1, so maybe they're yep. just like, yeah, push. Usually, it. people don't care about game delays anymore because it just makes a game better. Um, but around 2020 for next gen has a lot of other speculations that you can make. So yeah. I think yeah. that's the only reason why it's kind of more significant. Ga- game delays also used to be. I just remember being heartbroken. It was always Zelda, and then yeah. it was always delayed like 18 months, year after year <laughs> after year. Yeah. yeah. So like Twilight Princess was delayed over and over and over yeah. again until they had another console out, and then they had to release it for both. Yeah. yeah. So three months. Okay. Sam, I see you've pulled up the uh, wiki pa- yeah. Wikipedia page for 2020 in video gaming. Yeah, and like it's really funny because the other games that were out in February also got delayed today. <laughs> what? Which ones? Well, like uh, Gods, yeah. and Monsters? Gods and Monsters, uh, Watch sure. Dogs. And then Watch Dogs is early March, like March 6th. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, well, Ubisoft uh, announced at least three game, t- game delays uh, and then also sort of announced some uh, underperformance of its recent titles like Ghost Recon Breakpoint so- and even The Division 2. The, d- the game delays specifically are, are now they don't have new dates. They're That's like right. In a, a quarter of their fiscal so year. So Ubisoft delayed Watch Dogs Legion, uh, Rainbow Six Quarantine, which I don't know. I mean, I kind of I even forgot that that was announced at E3. It's a new game, not a part of Rainbow Six. What is it? Yeah, it's a new it. game. Okay. okay, we're just explaining what it is. Is that the Alien? It's one? just a new. Uh, I don't think so. Okay, yeah, is I don't. It? I don't I I it was like a supernatural Rainbow mm-hmm. Six. I, don't I, don't I may have dreamed that part. Uh, and cool. also, it's a cool dream. Also, Gods of Monsters, which was announced at E3. And we don't really know much about other than it's, it gives us uh, sort of Breath of the Wild vibes. Yeah, but like that game when it was announced and then we got that release date, it's like, well, we haven't even seen that game. Exactly. How, is, yeah. how could it possibly have a release date that early? They in the jumped year? the gun on giving the, the release date for that too. Yeah. Yeah. So those three games are now delayed to whenever. 
Um, well, and then the, the Q, the, the fiscal year starts in March for, <coughs> for Ubisoft. Ubisoft. Okay. Yeah, so. Well, I mean, so, but Just still that's, that, a, that's 12 months or sorry. I mean, April. So it, those could still come out in April, May, June. Sure. But probably, you know, you're right. It's an that. alien parasite. Yeah. In Rainbow Six yeah. quarantine. Yeah. So that's why they're quarantine zones and you're mm-hmm. fighting off the mutated whatever. You got to quarantine the aliens. You can't let them just go wherever they want. They're not allowed here. If we're on another planet, we're the aliens. That's true. That's true. What about the moon? I don't know. I mean, are we, we got real quiet. We got real quiet on the set. They're on our planet, though. I want to see a game where we're the aliens invading and just fucking with people on another planet. Mm-hmm. Like we're abducting them, doing experiments on them. <laughs> Sure. So, we so, build but, UFOs yeah. just specifically because that's how we've connoted it in yeah. our minds. <laughs> They're just yeah. saucers. They have myths about these two-legged, two-armed, weird <laughs> aliens coming down, messing with them. The uh, astronauts that went to the moon uh, had, you know, the normal bacterial processes going on in their bodies, and a bunch of things were born in them that came back here that were like technically moon-born. Hmm. So yeah, we've already brought back aliens. They have moon bacteria. That's true. Those cool. things were born and raised on, on the moon. Anyway, Ubisoft. <laughs> I want to go back to this. <laughs> Put a pin in it. Okay. Come back to it later. Right. Uh, delayed those three games, and then they announced um, hardships for Ghost Recon Breakpoint and uh, The Division 2. Yves Guimau, he, he of Ubisoft, the, the head, the Ubisoft daddy, uh, said uh, in a, in a uh, financial statement today, we have not capitalized on the potential of our latest two AAA releases. Mm. For Ghost Recon Breakpoint, while the game's quality appeared on track based on E3, Gamescom previews, and our latest internal playtests, critical reception and sales during the game's first weeks were very disappointing. As we have done with past titles, we will continue to support the game and listen to the community in order to deliver the necessary improvements. And that's interesting because Ghost Recon Wild Wildlands was one of the best-selling games of the year when it was released, I think, 2016. It took the year to kind of get there, right? It was a slow burn. It's a no, it wasn't a slow oh, okay. burn. So it was popular. It was released in like March, and then it was like the best-selling game of the year until whatever Call of Duty came out yeah. that oh, fall. Okay. So it's crazy. I mean, I've talked about this on Scoop before, but Ubisoft, more than probably any other company, I trust to stick by a game like Breakpoint and mm-hmm. like, you know, iterate on it, improve on it. Like they do games as a service better than anybody, in my opinion. Mm. Um, and their willingness to like, they're still doing for honor content. They're still, you know, they support their games. You know, rainbow six is really the one that uh, crystallized this and kicked it off for them. Um, so I don't know, like if, if EA were like, yes, you know, we're going to go back and retool and retinker. Like I'd be like, I don't know if I trust you, but you be, hmm. I give them the benefit of the doubt. Well, obviously. the funny thing is they mentioned specifically, like he called out live service games and mm-hmm. doing a sequel to them is, yep a difficult thing to convince people to come on board for. So even despite that pedigree, it's just yeah, kind of, I think I thought that was really interesting. I'll read his quote here. Um, it seems like Ubisoft is learning some lessons that maybe other, uh, publishers of games as a service could learn. He said Ubisoft has also identified three main reasons behind this underperformance. First, it is harder to generate interest for a sequel to a live multiplayer game when prior iterations benefited from years of optimization. Mm. Consequently, consequently we need to make sure there's more time between each iteration of live games. Second, our strategy of interest, Introducing gameplay innovations in our games has had a very positive impact on our brands. However, to win over players, these innovations need to be perfectly implemented in order to offer an optimal experience. This has not yet been sufficiently the case with Ghost Recon Breakpoint. Uh, so I don't know. It, just, it seems like That's pretty interesting. games as a service are fairly new uh, to the industry, and publishers are starting to learn that they can't sequelize them as often as they do or like more traditional games. World of Warcraft learned that what ten years ago. <laughs> you know, like, or yeah. if you're going to release a sequel, like it needs to be 
so different. Yeah. So fresh feeling. Yeah. That Otherwise like, it's like, you mentioned that too, actually in yeah. his yeah. statement too. Like, mm-hmm. why isn't it just, you know, why is Breakpoint not just, you know, more content being piled on top of Wildlands? Is it different enough and revolutionary enough to be a whole new sequel? You remember the first time you guys felt like a sequel might've been like the wrong choice versus DLC? Cause for me it was Left 4 Dead. I was like, I remember the conversation just made like, it, why are they doing Left 4 Dead 2? DLC already existed and everybody was getting it all the time. And mm-hmm. then it was just like, I love Left 4 Dead 2. But like, yeah. there was no reason for that to be a separate disc. You know, we took Left 4 Dead 1 off our mm. list to replace it with Left 4 Dead 2 because yeah. it's the superior game. It is. But it also, Left 4 Dead Just could have ended up sure being the superior know. game too. Mm-hmm. If they had st- stuck by it. Hmm. You yeah. have thoughts on this? You know my thoughts on this. <laughs> I think for me it was uh, Uncharted, Uncharted Lost Legacy, which is amazing, by the way, and everybody should play it. But it was the first example I can remember of like this middle of the road, like probably started life as DLC, but then grew in yeah. scope and complexity. So I think that was it. like a budget priced. As a, yeah, title, yeah. Though. But then it's like then Assassin's Creed did it with like standalone DLC too, and mm-hmm. it sort of and Dishonored um, uh, that was standalone DLC. They're sort of like pseudo sequels. Like they're they're always really cool because they always build on you know yeah. sort of the core game, but um, they exist in kind of a weird space. Yeah. Well, publishers have their ups and downs. Ubisoft was on a high for a while because uh, they really sort of reinvigorated the Assassin's Creed franchise with Origins and then Odyssey, Ooh, Odyssey. probably the best Assassin's Creed has ever been. Uh, of course, Rainbow Six Siege has been a huge hit for them. They stuck with For Honor. The original division was eventually good. So it was like they're just having a rough fall this year because they don't have anything else besides Ghost Recon Breakpoint. And that was kind of a dead. I think the idea was always like, if we do a two, then we'll have another audience we can attract in. Hmm. But it doesn't seem to have worked that way for Destiny or for anything. It's like they've always kind of attracted that same sizable, great audience to kind of come back and, and play their second game. Instead yeah. of expanding. These games never seem to expand with their iterations. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Division 2 is interesting because unlike Ghost Recon, it's actually a very good game, an excellent game. Um, <clears throat> yeah. But still was sort of unwilling to ride its wave of publicity and like it's a sequel to bring in yeah. new gamers. It was a good try. Like, I mean, I think we covered that stuff, you know, in the lead up to it thinking like, Oh, this, this will be, you know, a, a new big thing, but it just, it just has the same audience and the same people are playing it. That's fine. Well, now we can play a guessing game because Ubisoft says it's 2020 uh, to 2021 fiscal year will still be a strong release, strong year with the release of five AAA games. Mm. So if those three delayed games, Watch Dogs Legion, Rainbow Six, uh, quarantine and gods and monsters. No, that wouldn't be a triple A game. For you don't think so? I don't, you don't think, think so. that's, they're not considering that to be a triple A AAA release. I thought it was a, maybe. Okay. Well, I was always introduced as like kind of a smaller game. Mm-hmm. I think. Like, the, like the Raymans of the world. Yeah. Okay. Well then, so what are the other games? A new Assassin's Creed. That's what I was going to, it's time for Assassin's Creed to come back. Yeah. Ubisoft hits launches. Yep. They hit console mm, launches. That's true. That's and true. like they're, they're going to have console launch games for sure. So zombie U2. <laughs> <laughs> I played uh, Assassin's Creed 4 at PS4 launch. It was great. It was amazing. Yeah. Well, actually, I think I played it on 360. But uh, There's also Skull and Bones, which was delayed. Indefinitely. It's been delayed several times. It wasn't at E3 this year. Mm. Um, there's also Beyond Good and Evil 2. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, mm-hmm. and I mean, that would be like a really good thing to have on PS5 at launch. Yeah. You know, that'd be a really cool one. But yeah. I don't know where it is. But is there anything else of Ubisoft that we know of? There's a bunch of like, you know, surely not a just games, dance. They, do they like consider that. a just dance game to be a triple A game? Yeah. I don't know. I can't wait for Assassin's Creed to come back. Love I th- the new direction. I like, re- I like counting on Ubisoft to actually introduce new franchises every, every E3. They always have something <clears> that's a little bit new and, and, and you know, that they might, might even yeah. be triple A. So maybe they're going to choose something new. Rayman. Yep. 
Rayman is on Apple Arcade. Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> it's crazy rabbits. Let's move on. This was Sam's ringtone in no, college? Not a ringtone. The pre-ringtone. This is my, you know, like oh, tape what? answering machine. Your answering machine. This is what it'd play. Skater Die 2. called my house in college. It just has some awesome voice samples. Yeah, it's it. a really, really cool free skate, uh, like half pipe in that game for like coming out in 1990. Skate or die. Fod <laughs> uh, 76. Oh, man. Oh, my gosh. This is uh, this, the... It's, I mean, the game is a year old now, and there's still it's still a train wreck. There's still just bad news coming out about this game. But people are playing it. Well, some there's, people are playing. I think a small audience. group of people playing it, and unfortunately for those people, those are people are that are being like fleeced by Bethesda right now. Uh, so what's happening here is uh, there's a new subscription model for Fallout 76. It's called Fallout First. It costs thirteen dollars a month or a hundred dollars a year in order to play in private worlds for you and up to seven friends. But why is that so expensive? You know why. Well, I mean, because you're renting a server, I guess, for yourself, but it's still like... But it's too bad you have to rent a server. Why do you have to do that to play a game by yourself? Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. like that people wanted to do that in this game since the beginning, you know? And you still have to buy the game outright. Which is has been heavily discounted now. I think uh, it was on uh, Amazon for sixteen dollars yesterday. Yeah, I think yeah. it's been like down to twelve. Is the cheapest yeah. I've seen it. Maybe ten. I'll get you a server for half that. <laughs> um, I, the, the the private server thing. Like, look, I'm not in the business of defending Fallout seventy six. Bethesda dropped the ball and continues to sort of screw it up. The private server thing is overblown. Um, private servers in every game cost money. Hmm. They cost money in Minecraft. They cost money in any time you're in a shared private world. But we so. play a lot of games that I, I completely agree with you that, we, that, that do all the things that they're talking about without having to have a private server. Right? I should be able to play like, with eight friends in a game. Yeah, but that's not true. Like not in a consistent shared space that like your customer, like, like that world exists if no one's in it. Like that's different than just being in a private game lobby in like Gears of War or Halo or something. Like you have a persistent, you're, you have data on a server that's like being stored. Like that costs Bethesda money. I think the problem here specifically too is that nobody's enjoy. I mean, there are a fraction of people that are playing the game, um, but it doesn't substantiate itself enough. Like, you know, Minecraft can get away with this kind of thing, but can Fallout 76? Like, does it yeah. warrant that? So there's a bit of an issue around the messaging. And then also around the messaging is that Pete Hines was specifically saying um, that all the rollout and the features aside from cosmetic microtransactions would be free. Uh, That was the idea. And they Mm -hmm. had to walk that comment back a few weeks ago or something around that timeline. It is complicated because along with private servers comes uh, implied mod support. Like you're in your own private space. You're not in a public game world. So uh, they implied like, oh yeah, maybe we're going to let people mod their private game, which is something that people desperately wanted in the base game. And so now it is potentially locking support for mods behind this pretty expensive subscription. Yeah. And so that's a part that's like worse feeling. It's just like, if, if you are still playing fallout 76 today, like you're a diehard fan, like Bethesda should be mm-hmm. rewarding yeah, those true. people. Yeah. Right. Right. Rather than like charging them a hundred dollars a year just to do what they want to do in their game that they bought. A very parallel situation to making a bunch of destiny players buy a second game, even though they could be updating destiny. It's like, why, mm. why are you doing that to these people? Like you should yeah. be, you know, supporting them and then attracting people in different ways. And and this seems like a weird thing to pull to attract new people to play Fallout. It's like, yeah, you're going to yeah. pay a lot more and, you know, you've already heard a bunch of bad stuff about this game. Well, also, Why didn't they just cut their losses and make a freaking Fallout game? Well, yeah. This was supposed to pay all the dividends. They yeah, need maybe to try to save it. Yeah. Trying to, try I mean, to dig out of the hole, yeah, you think? Exactly. They delayed the DLC. It was supposed to come out this year, the DLC that adds NPCs back into the game. And yeah. now it's coming out, I think, Q1. Or I don't know if they dated it, but like, just, you know. 
that's still coming. And that's actually like, I've had it in the back of my head that I like, I'm like, I've been wondering for months, I'm like, how bad could fallout 76 be now in fall 2019? Like when it launched, everyone was so mad and you know, there's all these, you know, meme videos of all the bugs and stuff. And it's like, those bugs were patched months ago mm-hmm. and NPCs and quests and like proper fallouty stuff is coming next spring. So I'm kind of like, I don't know. Maybe I'll wait till that patch comes out and then I'll report back on GameScoop. I'm going to play Fallout 76 and let you <laughs> okay. know what I think. I mean, I know, oh, you're on the hook now. <laughs> I know yeah, it has fine, its fans. Man. Like our own Mark Medina has had a lot of fun mm. in that game. You know, I suspect so that now that it's more stable and not as buggy, that it's actually like probably fine. Like probably pretty okay, fun to play. Well, the but, funny thing, so we ran a story the other day that was um, Fallout 76 does have its players and its defenders. Mm. So there's the like there's a subreddit for Fallout um, and then there's a subreddit specifically for Fallout 76. And even those defenders now are taking umbrage with this. And for good reason, I pulled out one quote um, from the roundup that we did. And it was from a player who said, I've stuck with Fallout 76, believing Bethesda was acting in good faith toward players' feedback. More stash space, ways to extend food life, and other requests were highly publicized. I believe this feedback would be used to make the game better for all players. To take that feedback and monetize it by providing the requested features via microtransactions is not acting in good faith. And so So, that's a really fair point. Well, we didn't even talk about that. That's separate than, like three days ago, they released an announcement where they said, hey, remember where we said we were only going to charge for cosmetics? Uh, They walked that back. And that was that was a separate announcement and a separate press release from the private server thing. So they said, I think their atomic shop, like that's their mm-hmm. premium Adam store, shop, yeah. previously used to be only cosmetic stuff, and now they changed it. Now it's yeah, they like more said they reassessed. I actually have Pete Hines's quote um, from that blog post that, uh, when he walked it back. He said, "Our approach to these items at launch was to keep them purely cosmetic, mm-hmm. but after looking at all the data, it became clear that to consistently deliver content that keeps Fallout seventy six fresh and exciting for all, we need to rethink our approach to the Atom Shop." I think I think that's actually crappier, worse news than the private server thing. Well, that's what people are interpreting this as like a new feature that they would expect to be part of that that promise that he made way back when yeah. that everything would come free. Yeah. And then there's the fact that in my mind, just a hundred dollars a year, thirteen dollars a month to play by yourself in one game just objectively is not a good value compared to Xbox Game Pass, PlayStation Now, ten dollars a month to access you know, dozens, hundreds of games. Like it's just including like a bunch of fall way too much to play on to spend on one game. Yeah. Yeah. If it's the it best playground out there, Minecraft, then yeah. like people consider private yeah. servers and they work them out, but it's like, this is not the best playground out there. It's just surprising. Yeah. Yeah. I think about that in the context of like streaming services. Too. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I do have a conspiracy theory. Oh, cool. About this. Uh, Bethesda only had one game this fall. It was doom eternal and that got delayed till next spring that left Bethesda with no game this fall and no new revenue source. So they crunch some numbers. They say we have X amount of people that are, are dedicated to Fallout 76. Call it 10,000 people. We think that they will uh, be willing to spend this money. If 10,000 people pay $100 a year, that's a million dollars for Bethesda that they get this fall. You know, that's just, I, yeah, I have that's no idea like what the, the real numbers theory. are. They're like, like, they, they can count on suckers to pay this like, money. Like, because, that's really cynical, but like we know companies do that. I'm not saying anything about Bethesda doing that. But like that's absolutely a philosophy yeah. by which game companies make money, usually mobile games. Because it was surprising to me that they delayed Doom Eternal because like don't these well, Bethesda's fine. It's got enough money. It doesn't need any money this holiday 20, 2019 season. I thought that Nobody's was crazy. Nobody's got bills to pay, man. I mean, like, yeah. that money doesn't come out of thin air. Yeah. Or it's like even if they have you know a cash pillow and everything, everything's fine. They also just have shareholders that they have to just make it seem like they're making money too all the time. That's just the nature of corporations. Yeah. They're almost yeah. Zenimax. Yeah. I actually don't know. Like, can you buy like Zenimax shares? Like, is it privately owned? I don't, Nobody I don't, knows. I don't, I don't, I don't actually know. That's interesting. 
Anyway. I'll look up Zenimax right now. It's been nothing but bad <laughs> news. It, this is not stock advice. For Bethesda for a while now. Does it, do you guys, does it make you worried for Elder Scrolls 6? Yes. Okay. All right. <laughs> That's too bad. But Skyrim, counterpoint. I'm not me. I'm not worried about that. You're not game. worried about it. No. Well, wow. you still okay. have like a giant team of single player yeah. developers that nothing but confidence in Bethesda. Twenty years. What's? Wh- I don't care. Like, it's not like the people that made my favorite Fallout games made Fallout seventy six necessarily. I don't even know that that's true. But Bethesda's always right? had a willingness to. Like, they did Horse Armor. Yeah. They were the first example and the first franchise ever to have like a really emblematic example of like shitty, hostile to consumer DLC. Hmm. And like they eventually kind of fixed it with Skyrim, which had really great and notable DLC yeah. and, you know, support for that game for like eight years. Like it's unbelievable. But like they have displayed a willingness to uh, not protect and take care yeah. of their player base. But they're not the, the only ones either that have sure, like made a true. lot of missteps because it's just they're trying to figure this stuff out, trying to make money for themselves, which mm-hmm. I can understand. But. but like Elder Scrolls is not some sacred like, yes, it will. Ha- like they're, they're, they're not like no microtransactions, yeah. you know, no gameplay changing, you know, benefit DLC. Like they're kind of the opposite. Yeah. Zenimax is privately owned. Interesting. I saw an article from 2010 where like they're being courted heavily by customers <laughs> right now. But that was from 2010. So. Um, all right, let's move on to a better fall game. This is super R type, and the track is called Wet as a Fish. How long is underwater levels? Yeah, probably. Are there underwater levels in R type? I don't there know. There always are. Yeah. And there's always one where you're like inside some animals, colon, Abadox style. It's a funky little bass line there. Yeah, that, that slap bass for Super <laughs> Nintendo is so funny. Uh,. Let's share what we've, been, what we've been playing. And I know some people can't share what they've been playing, but I can because I've been playing The Outer Worlds and it's great. I love it. And I think everybody should play it. Do you have a crazy character build? Um, I don't know if it's crazy. What, what, what do you mean by crazy? I've just like, like been reading the that the game really supports like role playing a character mm-hmm. in a, it, to a degree that RPGs Describe your character. often don't. My, it's just, uh, I don't know. She's like, she's just like a bounty hunter. <laughs> like, okay. You, you don't have a past. You don't, you're, you're, what's your, what's your class? Like what, how are you? There aren't classes. What's your play style? I like to, uh, I like to sneak around as much as I can, but you know, when that fails, I like to, I go in guns blazing. Okay. It's just every game. Uh, this is obviously made by Obsidian, the guys that did Fallout New Vegas and uh, KOTOR 2. And it totally gives me old school Fallout and KOTOR vibes. Why the KOTOR? Uh, for like the, the space travel. Traveling around to different planets and meeting new uh, alien species. And yeah, yeah. does it feel like a big like new world that is unusual and fun that to kind of learn? Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's different from... So Fallout is like one giant map. And these are a bunch of smaller... Uh, different maps on different planets that you can travel to. So in that respect, it feels a little bit more like Mass Effect, I guess. Or Borderlands? Mm, not, no. Just the the newest Borderlands is the first one they introduced. Mass Effect's areas were never big enough for me. Mm. But I really, I like everything about them. They just, they, they weren't ever that open world thing until I think Andromeda had that, but I didn't play Andromeda. So Do you yeah. like the, uh, like the combat is semi real time? Like it's almost actually Vats-ish. Well, yeah, you have the ability to slow down time, yeah. which is nice. I, I still prefer Vats because I like the turn. And then that runs out and then you have to kind of real time combat. Is that how yeah. it works? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Do you like um, is the real time combat like actually work pretty well? Is like yep. shooter as a shooter, it's okay. Too. Yep, you have all uh, ranged and melee weapons, uh, and you can you uh, use, use elemental effects on your ammunition and on your melee weapons. You want to give them plasma or electricity or mm. acid. Are there aliens? Lots of aliens. Hella aliens. Cool? You're Lots an alien. Of alien. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> that's true. Define alien. 
Uh, well, we're back to it. Okay. So Obsidian. if an alien... <laughs> Obsidian's a company I really root for. Like, even though they've been in the news for some not great things over the last year or two, but like, you know, Pillars of Eternity, you know, Bastions and people upholding, you know, sort of old school RPG ideals. Mm. They're a company I like to see succeed. You know, they were bought yeah. by Microsoft, so... Yeah, I mean... <laughs> It'll be interesting yeah. to see... Maybe Outer, Outer Worlds 2 will be a yeah. Xbox exclusive. Who knows? But it surely will be, right? It's like, it's such... It's just like what I love to do in video games. Uh, I'll get a I'll get a quest mission that'll lead me to a new planet. When I arrive on the planet, I've got a beacon that I need to go to, but I don't go there. I walk around, I talk to everybody, I yeah, get yeah. all the side quests, so explorers, investigate all the buildings, open up all the cupboards, steal all the stuff, <laughs> nice. go do all the side missions before, uh, you know, clear out that whole planet before I move on to the next planet. Is there a limit to your inventory? Yeah, you do get over encumbered. I I've been, that. I know, I know. So it does have the encumberment system. You which spend is, a lot of time in your, in your encumberment menus. Yeah, a lot of time breaking stuff down into parts. Damon, this is important. Can you walk around and explore the interior of your spaceship? You sure can. Uh, yes. And you get companions and your companions mm. have their own little quarters. Love it. And That's then great. some of them want to sex you and some of them want to sex other people and they want your help sexing the other people. Great. Oh, I'll give them back to the community. Yeah. yeah. And I like that the game, um, some people have phrased this as a negative, but it's actually not 80 hours, right? Like it's a little well, bit more complex, compact, like not that it's short or unsatisfying, but Dan covered it in his review. Like yeah. it's a length that feels good, like a good 30, 40 hour RPG. I'm like, that is perfect. Yeah. I, yeah, mean, I remember when Obsidian was kind of being careful in the marketing yeah. phase to say like, this isn't going to be fallout size. So please do not expect that. Cause they were worried about like overhyping the game. Did you feel like it met your expectations at least? Yeah. I mean, I'm not even finished with it, but I'm, I must be 20 hours at least. And I, I've only explored a quarter of the planets, mm. but I am pretty exhaustively, you know, doing all yeah. the side quests and exploring. It's cool. There's that many explorable planets. So yeah. I do yeah. like and that, that many variety. details. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, if there are any complaints I'd have, it's, it'd be that the, the, the writing is great. The voice acting is great, but the like facial animation, is it's like the actors giving a great performance, but the face they're like just dead eyed, just staring at me and their <laughs> mouth is just kind of like, <laughs> maybe that's an alien race thing. Yeah. No, they're people. Maybe that's how oh. <laughs> they're people. <laughs> uh, and then like, there's like, you know, it's, it's super people fun from the moon. Yeah. <laughs> it's super fun. Uh, but when I think about some of the older fall games, uh, and KOTOR, they're like moments that I remember and I haven't encountered anything so far that I think, well, I'll be remembering years from now is like mm. a great moment. Uh, but it, you know, I have been having a blast with it. The very, in the very first area, there is a situation that one of the very first things you have to deal with. That's very similar to the megaton situation in fall. Yeah. I read that in dance yeah. review. It's like, it, yeah. that's cool. Did you blow yeah. it up? <laughs> Did you do the bad thing or the good thing? I totally did the bad thing. Oh, okay. nice. <laughs> oh yeah, I did the bad thing. But they make it pretty easy because the good people turns out are into some weird shit. <laughs> yeah. So that's always the case. They're always, Everyone was they're bad always all cannibals. Along. Yeah. I, yeah. They're yeah. always yeah. cannibals. Yeah, secretly <laughs> cannibals. Uh, I'm really excited to play this. Mm-hmm. It's super fun. It's super fun. Would you call it a damey game? Absolutely a damey game. But not an official damey game. It hasn't won a Damie yet. Okay. We had to clear that up in the office the other day because Damon said, this is a total Damie game. The Damies are- I said, what did it win? The Damie awards are different. It's a very prestigious award ceremony that's held in December. Okay. Yeah. But it's a Damie game, a game that I love. Were you aware that there's a separate award ceremony happening in parallel to your- I know. Were you competing with the IGN awards? Not competing. (laughs) No, no, no. You're in trouble now, Damon. <laughs> no. People take the Damies much more seriously. <laughs> <laughs> That's why there's no competition. <laughs> yeah. uh, does anyone else have a game they've been playing that they would like to share? I've been playing a lot of Manifold Garden. Is that an Apple Arcade game? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's on Epic. It might be an Epic exclusive, but it's on like PC and stuff as well. Okay. 
Um, it's amazing. It's a first person puzzle game where it's got sort of two, you know, twists or main conceits. One is which you can make the floor or wall, any surface can be the ceiling. Like you can mm. flip your orientation at any time. And, um, that's used for a lot of puzzle solving. And, uh, the other one is that it's like non Euclidean space. So like you go into a room and then it's bigger on the inside. Right. And there's, it, it looks like an MC Escher drawing come to life where it's these impossible spaces that is don't it like pretty. Yeah, it's beautiful. Oh, it's I beautiful, but I also find um, everything tiles like infinitely, right? Like if you fall, you'll fall forever, and then you'll eventually fall on the ceiling of where you fell from. So like it all just repeats what over was and the, over. The uh, PSP game that was like really black and white, and like you would walk through the geometric puzzles that way, and sometimes you'd end up around the outside. Remember? I don't remember. Hmm. It's black and white. It is like that, but this is first person and sort of portal esque in the sense that it really breaks your brain and makes you think about 3D space in a brand new way. Um, those infinite environments actually fill me with some sense of, I clearly have some phobia that I didn't know Whoa. I had. Like, it's not it's not a scary game, but like those environments fill me with kind of a sense of like dread Whoa. and unease because they go on forever. They never stop, and yeah. like it, it definitely sort of freaks me out a little bit. Never going like a free fall space experience. Yeah, and I, I think it's because like they can't exist in reality, so I have a hard time like containing that in my mind. Um, but I'm, I'm right at the end. I stopped last night, right before I'm pretty sure is like going to be the final sort of gauntlet, and I love it. It's I have nothing bad to say. You might be an android. What's it called again? <laughs> Manifold Garden. And Manifold Garden. And I'm playing it on Apple Arcade on my Apple. TV with a paired PS4 controller, so it feels just like a console game. I know it's cool. on PC too. I don't know what else it's on. Cool. Edgy title. <laughs> uh, Sam and Tina, are you going to hold your tongues for right now? No comment. Okay. You played Miss Pac-Man. Miss Pac-Man. This new game, it's great. Mm. You know, it was real there's, fast. There's, there's pretzels to it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you should also, Damon. Um, I played through another Apple Arcade game, a card battling RPG called Cardpocalypse. Cool. And then the card battle system is a lot like Hearthstone. All right. And it's kids playing a card game. And so what's funny about it is the kids, um, like they put stickers on their cards and make their own cards and house rule the game and change the rules of the game. So it really leans into the concept that this is kids playing mm-hmm. a collectible card game in a school. And so. And it's on Apple Arcade? I'm playing it on Apple Arcade. It is also coming to Steam. It's Cardpocalypse? Yeah. All right. I'll it's made by the Guild of Dungeoneering developer. This episode of Game Scoop is brought to you by NordVPN. As Scoop Nation knows, your Omega Cops have been a little obsessed with a movie called Weekend at Bernie's lately. But as happens too often these days, it is difficult to find it streaming here in the U.S. That's where NordVPN comes in. With NordVPN, you can switch your virtual location to a more enlightened region where they appreciate the comic delights of Weekend at Bernie's. And it's not just for streaming movies and shows. Switching your virtual location can allow you to save money by purchasing flights, hotels, and subscriptions from other countries at a cheaper price. And you can do all this worry-free as NordVPN threat protection features protect you from viruses, malware, and phishing sites. Best of all, NordVPN costs the price of a cup of coffee a month, and one account can be used on up to six devices. To get the best discount on your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com gamescoop. Our link will also give you four extra months on the two-year plan. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. That's nordvpn.com gamescoop. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. 
New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Justin sings this all the time in the office. I really do. Let's check in with the listeners. Uh, hey, listeners. Oh, this song legitimately just puts a smile on my face. <laughs> what game is it from? Yoshi's Island. That's right. That's right. Uh, listeners, remember, you can always reach us at the email address, gamescoop at IGN.com, just like Jeremy from Ontario did. Jeremy says, I have a question regarding cross-generation games. Can you say hi to CJ while you're up there for yeah. us? Yep, just by the way. <laughs> find him. I've seen you guys touch on the subject, but not address it completely. Once the PS5 and Scarlet come out, do you think many physical games will have just one version? For example, would it make sense for Madden to be labeled PS5 with small print that says also works with PS4? This just seems to make business sense IMO. Keep up the good work. I love you guys. My six-month-old daughter is sure learning a lot about video games during Aww. our morning routine. I don't know. So wait, it's a PS5 game that also works on PS4? That's what he's asking. Because traditionally, uh, during a console transition, they'll put out, you know, yeah. those games, uh, a version for each, a different version for each platform. Yeah, so it's like you can get, you know, when you buy it uh, for a while, when you bought a Blu-ray, you also get the DVD yeah. inside of it. But wouldn't it, all, wouldn't, it be the, wouldn't it be a PS4 game that's also playable on your PS5? Wouldn't it happen that direction? Yeah. Why so? Why? Because the PS5 is presumably going to be backwards compatible. Yep. And they wouldn't make a PS5 exclusive. Like how, you don't think they want to like get on people PS4. on board with PlayStation 5? And I'm just, just trying to wrap my head around how would a PlayStation 4 play a PS5 game? <clears throat> well, if it's all just a, a dual layer Blu-ray. Yeah, that's what I'm but saying. But they wouldn't let that happen because they want to sell PS5. Do you think the disc medium has to So you just think they just wouldn't do that? They, even if they could, they wouldn't. I don't even think, it doesn't the PS5, I think it's confirmed to use high, I forget the official name for it, but Blu-rays that are high storage. says the optical drive will use 100 gig discs yeah. and be able to play 4K Blu-ray media discs. So is that a higher capacity than PS4? I actually don't know. Yes. Okay. Well, then I guess it's not possible then. But the, uh, yeah, you're right. The, the, um, the idea though is that why are we, you know, getting, why sell two different packages that with the same game in it in those launch years, right? Mm. Wait a minute. What? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, you're saying like, why? Yeah. Just why have two? They want to sell people. There, the there's yeah. two different audiences. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. And the PS5 audience will be much smaller than the PS4 audience. So they have to address the PS4 audience. But then the PS5 people also want something to play on the new console. Why? The question is, why would they sell something twice when they could sell it once? Yeah, it's obvious, right? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, they'd sell it twice in making a PS4 game resellable right. on or repurchasable on PS5. I yeah. can see that happening for sure. Yeah. The, the cross-gen stuff is always messy, right? Like, there's yeah. no, like, they, we talked about it with Assassin's Creed 4. Like, I bought it on PS4. Yeah. It was also on last gen. Like, <clears throat> everyone has a choice to make, and it's not always the most consumer friendly thing in the year that a console launches. We uh, ran a poll on IGN about uh, what you think is the most important feature you've learned about the PS5, and it was overwhelmingly backwards compatibility. Yeah. Which is really funny because there was. I forget where this came from, but I think we talked about it at GameScoop. There's a concept from developer, or I guess publishers and, and console makers, yeah. that they 
always hear from the audience that they want backwards compatibility, but then they, they get to see who it. uses it, yeah. and, and they don't, nobody uses it. There's yeah. never a bigger, what is up with that? There's never a bigger mismatch between people, what they what they say they want, and then how <laughs> they're actually, actually using their yeah. device. I, I believe that backwards compatibility matters a ton in launch year when the PS4 is still super relevant. Yeah, and like, that just falls off. Yeah, I don't care actually, about Actually, didn't playing, we run a poll, and all of the next-gen features backwards compatibility was the one that yeah, won? I, I just said that. That's what he just said. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, there used so to be. I was listening to Jess. I know you were. That was my segue into talking about this this way. And, yeah. and I think it's funny that um, that if that's the case, I think it's a kid upsell. I think they're like, but mom, I can, I can play say. my old games. There used to be a belief that the only people that cared about backwards compatibility were mom and dad who yeah. were reluctant to buy a new console. Yeah, yeah. It plays but, the old games. But yep. to today's gamers, at least they they claim that backwards compatibility is super important to them, I, whether or not they use it in practice or not. I don't yeah, know. I think it's great. I, I believe it gets hugely used that first year. Yeah, and then less and less as, as the old games start to feel older. And for this year, we might need our PlayStation 5s to play a bunch of PS4 games that are coming out at yep. the end of the year, too. It's like It's, it's going to be silly to have a PS4 out to play, possibly Ghosts or yeah. like whatever is going to be. Because everyone's PS4s are breaking, too. Yeah. Is that true? I mean, I, I, anecdotally, yes. I feel like they're kind of like mm-hmm. winding down. My PS4 controller died this week. Um, Jonathan Dorbush just reminded me that God of War 2 came out like months after the PS3 came out. That's so weird. Or PS2. So God of War mm-hmm. 2, you had to keep your PS2 around or, or backwards you know, compatibility. Yeah. That in your PS3. I'd like to see, you know, I understand that companies are running a business and they can sell a PS4 version of a game and a PS5 version of the game as like sort of crappy as that is. Like, I get it. I'd like to see them split the difference and offer like an upgrade like I want to play Cyberpunk on my PS4 and then pay 20 or $30 to get like the upgraded PS5 version when the PS5 comes out. That'd be mm. really great. I don't want to have to rebuy it for 60 bucks. Yeah. I think sometimes when like those come out and they're like the HD versions, they're a little bit cheaper. Sometimes. Not all the time though. Let's move on and talk about the Switch for a minute. Okay. That's from Rambo. It's the mission theme in the jungle. It's obviously from Rambo. This is Cody. Cody says, what's up, guys? I love your show. It makes my boring job bearable at least one day a week. Uh, I know the one thing the Switch is missing compared to the Wii U has been dual screen, dual screen functionality. Mm-hmm. Most, if not all, of the Wii U ports have found ways around this to make the games playable with little to no issues. Do you think Nintendo would ever consider adding the ability to make the Switch Lite usable as a controller? Super Mario Maker 2, while not being a port, is the only game, in my opinion, to suffer from losing that second screen. Nintendo has shown us time and time again that they can make their hardware function in ways we never would have thought possible. Labo and Ring Fit Adventure, using the IR sensor as a heart rate monitor, are the best examples I could think of. I own two OG Switches now and really have no reason to buy a Switch Lite, although I want to. If they found a way to make this a possibility, I think many hardcore Nintendo fans would consider dropping another $200 on a Switch Lite. Thanks for reading. It's just really, ignores the idea that you could just have your Switch be a screen and your television be a screen. Like Nintendo's you, so resistant to that, well, they made a Nintendo dock use to hide the screen from yeah. you. In yeah. the dock, That's yeah. true, yeah. It's so funny. You can't, it communicates with your television via HDMI, and so there's not a way to have it hooked up to your TV and have it in your hand as a second screen right now. Yeah. Uh, but correct me if I'm wrong, the Switch Lite, since the Joy-Cons are, are just part of it, they don't move, it does not have any wireless Capabilities, so there'd be well, no ha- way for it. It has wireless capability. You could connect it over Wi Fi to another switch and then connect it. Well, you could hack I guess it maybe together. you'd have to hack it that way, but there's but, no like this is maybe my ignorance speaking. I don't, I don't know what protocol is it. Are they Bluetooth 
connected? Is that how the Joy-Con communicate with? Well, it's either that or Wi-Fi, and I don't think it's Wi-Fi because with Wi-Fi you do set up a local network. You also don't have to. Your phone can like play music over a Wi-Fi network on like speaker and stuff like that, but like Blu-ray, Blu-ray. <laughs> it's just so much easier to set up Bluetooth. Yeah. Now I'm second guessing this. It might be like a proprietary Nintendo. And there are protocol. proprietary ones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it's a cool idea. Like yeah. just his question of like, Hey, like could the switch light be a second screen for docked, you know, television like, switch yeah, games? Yeah. The two screens like this. Yeah. Ooh, that'd be fun too. Yeah. So I, I think it's totally neat, but um, it'd be so niche and so yeah. limited that, you know, it, yeah, it would never feel essential. Yeah, I don't, I, I, I don't miss having that second screen experience. Myself. Then again, we hooked up three Game Boy Advances to a GameCube at one point in our lives. So I never did that <laughs> to play no. Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles. Yeah. It was or, so fun, or, or Pac-Man Versus. I never did that. And, uh, and Zelda Four Swords. Yeah, it's called. Yeah, and Four Swords. I played all of those yeah, that way. Same. It was great. During that time, my friends wanted to come over and play Monkey Ball. Yeah. And Mario Kart Double Dash, but none of them had GBA, so we couldn't have done that stuff. Uh, let's see, we can do uh, we can do one more email here. Battletoads. The pause screen. <laughs> it's great though. I was singing this. Is that what you found out the other day? No. Really? This is just this just plays in my head all the time. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I love there are a few NES games that have pause screen music. We were talking about in the in our lobby we have an NES classic hooked up oh, yeah. and uh, it was just playing Super Mario 2. For yeah. three days. And what's just, hilarious is I kept hearing it earworm different people. Like, like pair came by and yeah. was just humming it. And there's no timer, as Sam pointed out, so it'll just play forever. It's just Mario standing there. It's but, not paused. But pro tip, if you pause it, it mutes the melody. Yeah. You just get the drum and the bass the track. the drums, and I yeah. totally didn't remember that. So, so now yeah. I walk through and it's just playing. This is Jeff. He says, hello, my name is Jeff, and I am from a town in the middle of Kansas called Salina. Oh. I've become obsessed with video games ever since I got the PlayStation 1 and played Tony Hawk Pro Skater. Cool. Two of the biggest things I love in a video game is its compelling story and its unique music, both of which I found in the video game series Assassin's Creed. I've enjoyed the series up to Origins. I haven't played Odyssey yet because I haven't seen how it actually fits into the series. Jeff, play Odyssey. Whoa. <laughs> the, the, music on the, other, send it to you. the music, on the other hand, has put me in the feels so much that I listened to the soundtracks just before I got a tattoo of the logo. I don't think I'll ever find another game that will do that to me yet. Fallout is close. My two questions for you are, one, do you feel video game series and stories are falling off due to online gaming trends like Battle Royale mode? And what video game music puts you in your feels and makes you excited (laughs) to play the game? I really like how you (laughs) phrase this thing. (laughs) are uh, stories going away because of online gaming trends like Battle Royale mode? No, I don't think so. I think uh, there's room for uh, multiplayer games, games of service, and then also room uh, for single-player story-driven games like The Outer Worlds that I'm playing right now. Yeah, a lot of developers have come out and specifically said like they're still interested in pursuing games that have really interesting stories. And even if mm. it's not in the AAA field, like indie developers are obviously really um, interested in that kind of space too. So yeah, agreed. Yeah. Nope. Jedi Fallen Order is another mm-hmm. game this fall that's going to mm-hmm. have a... A story, whether it's good or not. We'll the Last of Us is a triple A title. That's Last have. of Us. Yep. Oh, Got it was like three or four years ago where people were predicting that, like, you know, yeah. how single player games are over. And it's yeah. just weird just getting them one after another. And yeah. they're just working so well. And people talk about them and play them everywhere. Yeah. Uh, but what video game music puts you in your feels, Justin? <laughs> I think Nintendo's done a really good job of balancing sort of the nostalgia with the new, like, Mario Odyssey did that. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> it did it so perfectly with the celebration at the end of New Donk City where like 
paying tribute to their roots while still remixing it and contextualizing it in 2019. Um, oh, it's great. I actually, I don't love the Metal Gear games, but I love the music. Hmm. And um, it's the only piano, like it's the only piano melody I know how to play. And my wow. Wow. daughters have a little cat keyboard, which you also, I think, have now. Um, no. I yeah, meow, 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 meow. Yeah. And so I play, I frequently, meow, 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 I'm like, meow, 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 meow. And the girls are like, why do you always play that? <laughs> I just think it's funny. Sam, what's, what puts you in your feels? I don't like listening to video game music outside of video games. Well, but you like some video game music. Hell yeah, I do. Yeah. Um, I was thinking so, like, about this a lot. Is this your least favorite part of Game Scoop then? Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, what I don't understand is like there's like touring concerts and stuff and people yeah, are yeah. like cry and watch Final Fantasy music. I don't mm-hmm. get that at all. I, w- I wouldn't want to do that. I think movie soundtrack music and game soundtrack music is really good because it's part of an overall art piece. And I'm, if you like that stuff outside of it, that's fine. I don't, I don't feel like it's, it doesn't fit in my mm-hmm. life very well. Mm-hmm. Um, what I was going to say though is I really like uh, – uh, so obviously old chiptune things are like yep. really fun to listen to and they always work in their games. It's great. So I'm going to skip all over that modern games. I uh, really like sunset overdrive. It did a, a thing mm. where they uh, hired uh, this guy, Jeff Novak, who I know uh, he's in a band called cheap time, which I really, really like. And uh, he just did all of the music for it. And it's like, he did some with like a band and then some of it is kind of like songs. And then the rest of it is just like integrated in. It's just like guitar, bass, drums, like, like completely out of nowhere. I don't know how this would have happened. This is, a guy that's on like labels that my friends put out and stuff. And I was like so proud of that hmm. when that happened. And it worked so well that I was like, hire musicians to score your games either, you know, that are outside the orchestra world and just have like indie musicians do that. I think that's such a good idea. Hmm. And I, I understand that people put pop music in games now and that, that's fine. And like, I think that's interesting too. But like, I think his idea of like someone scoring a game as a band or something is really cool. Tina has something to say. Uh, I have a lot of thoughts, actually. Um, for one thing, I think people going, just to answer what you were saying, I think people go to the concerts because it's their video game music, but played with an orchestral band. And like, that's a different live music experience thing. I'm not much of a live person, live music person. So mm-hmm. it's not my thing, but I think that's why people do it. Um, for me, it's when the moment matches with the music and like Red Dead, Dude did, Red Dead 2 did something really cool with that where... Uh, there's all of this story buildup and then you get to this music and it, it kind of pans out and you're like watching the scene as you're riding over to one of the final um, kind of encounters. So that pairing works really well and it just kind of evokes that feeling very, very well. And then I sent over um, a Borderlands 2. Uh, it was from one, the first DLC that came out, the Pirate's Booty DLC. Are you, are you going to play it? For no, it, It's no. too long. It's yeah. like five minutes long, but it goes well, through still, so many. It's actually, it's still up. We can play it. Yeah. It goes well, through so many phases too. It's really cool. It kind of sounds like this. this, is, this is, it's very loud. This is the mid phase. Yeah, this is like around the, the lighthouse um, part of the campaign. And it's just got so many different elements to it. And you're, I think this is when you're leading up to like a big boss fight. I wrote an entire article just on this one song. Ooh. Yeah, it's intense. Yeah. I have to give a special shout out to Final Fantasy 15, by the way. Like the, music, yeah. that game, which you know I love, but has the <clears throat> uh, the soundtrack is incredible. I think it's one of the greatest achievements in video game soundtracks of all time. Um, it's perfect and amazing, and it was overshadowed by mm-hmm. all the other discourse around the good and bad around that mm-hmm. game. And I think it's a shame. Like it's amazing what that game does musically. 
I think Ocarina of Time has the best music out of any game ever, integrated into the game better than anything ever. I love it so much, mm. and I hate the idea of listening to that music outside of the game. <laughs> There's funny. also like like GTA and licensed music, too. It's yeah. almost like a DJ uh, is playing like yeah, a recorded set list for you. Like I kind of yeah. like the discovery of that, too. Every new GTA release is just like the soundtrack to those games. Yeah. We did. We ran a feature. Vice City was really good. Yeah. yeah. So it was live. If you Google like IGN best musical moments in games, we ran that as a feature. There's all kinds of good ones, like uh, Kanye West playing in Saints Row when you're parachuting to take back your I mean it's a very silly game but like just when it matches up mm, what a great feeling control is a big music moment and it's like a level that's like set to a like a really funny um, like I think maybe Norwegian heavy metal song uh, oh I, yeah yeah and like we didn't want to talk about this around Which is launch that band like that was also in Alan Wake considered it a spoiler I don't know if it is I don't know anything about the band there's, I think there's it's just like mm. type stuff you know yeah it matches the moment yeah it gets you riled up for it unlike that one scene in Joker Unlike that one scene. Did you guys see that? Yeah. The dance down the stairs scene? Yeah. Oh, I liked that scene. You didn't like that one? I liked the scene. I didn't like the music pairing. Oh, that worked for me. It worked for me. Uh, For me, it's the five M's. Mega Man, Metroid, (laughs) Maniac, Mansion. Yeah. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) The five M's, they call them. (laughs) uh, That brings us to Video Game 20 Questions. Okay. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Our suggestion this week Wait, comes is that from like Castlevania from like 2010. No, this is Metal Slug 4. Whoa, look at those orchestra yeah. hits. They're way ahead of their time. Well, this is Nintendo DS. Oh, okay. I think, yeah. Well, behind the times then. Maybe that's not true, but it would be at least like a 2000 era okay. game. Our suggestion this week comes from Robert in Florida. Let the questioning begin. Is this on current gen consoles? No. Was this on uh, consoles that came out before 2000? Yes. So I asked that because I keep on getting added about people saying, why do you guys only ask about years? Ask about console generations. They can, then we, so when I did on, both. That was a cheat, yeah. <laughs> when they're on 20 questions, they can ask whatever they want. <laughs> That's true. We're the contestants. That's true. <laughs> We're the contestants. Uh, okay, so on consoles before 2000, would, did this appear on a Nintendo console? No. Was this on uh, PlayStation? Yes. Okay. So PlayStation, PSX. Is it an active IP? Yes. That's five. So wait, so t- what year did the PS2 come out? 2001? <laughs> no, I get PS2? Yeah. Oh, because, you, you, well, yeah, it came, out in two, it came out in 2000, so this would be... So PS2. it has to be a PlayStation 1 game. Yeah, plus I asked if this was on PlayStation. Well, I, I took that to mean... I took that to mean the, just the... Yeah. Oh, I yeah. I took that to mean PlayStation One. The PlayStation. I should have said. Uh, Damon understood. Mm. Cool. Was this game developed by Sony? No. Uh, do, do you shoot things? You sure do. <laughs> That's my was it, yeah. Did you say it was an active? <laughs> Pretty shooty, yeah. huh? Active IP, and yeah. you sure do shoot stuff. Okay. Uh, is wait no someone it's else got probably not. No, it's fine. Ape I have a follow up. <laughs> I don't think you shoot very many apes in that. <laughs> They all have to be put down. <laughs> That's what you're doing with them all. <laughs> Don't let them escape. Is it a PlayStation exclusive? Mm, yes. Okay. That narrows it down. Kind of. Yeah. Mm. And it's still around. But yeah. not, but is it still a PlayStation exclusive? Wait, wait, wait. Wait, what do you mean? What do you mean? You said, you said the series is still around. That was a question. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of. You're asking that if, up if in. the IP, like yeah. as you put, is still a PlayStation exclusive? Yeah. No. Oh. oh. It might be licensed. So it was, and then, yeah. Mm-hmm. Is it licensed? No. Okay. That's 10. Oh, dang. 
Did I ask if where it was developed? You asked if Sony developed it. Oh. Which is a no. Was this game developed in Japan? Yes. Shooty Japan. Yeah. That's now also That's on kind Xbox. of unusual, right? Yeah, I can't really. I, I don't think it's a first-person shooter at this point. So is this could, could a, be Omega or, Boost? Is this a shmup? A shmup, no. Okay. So like a third-person action? That's, I can't even imagine what it is. There's I mean, so few first-person shooters. I think there was like, you know, like Medal of Honor and stuff like that, but like Japanese-made. Yeah. Is this a, a first-person? No, I don't even want to ask that. Should we ask about maybe the type of graphics? Is this, is this sprite-based? Mm. Well, you don't know the answer to this always, right? Yeah. We argue about it. I this. get confused <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> um, is this, we talked about this Let's off, just avoid off, that one. Off, yeah. offline at one point. Um, what about, can you answer if it's 3D? It is 3D. Okay. <laughs> yes. All right, no problem. Okay. There's, pro- well, I developed in Japan. Never mind. I was going to say this, like, you know, and, and it's a PS1 ex- and it's a PlayStation. Was a PS1 It exclusive. was, it's not anymore. Right. Are we in hard mode? No. Is there hard Shouldn't mode? be in hard mode. Okay. Yeah. Unless you, unless you uh, change the difficulty without me realizing. <laughs> uh, is it helpful to know if the developer is still around? Well, it, I guess it could have ch- changed hands, but it's still an active yeah. IP. So it's like, so I, I would assume. I, I don't know, like Mega Man Legends. Like. Yeah, that came to Nintendo 64. Mm. I think it has, um, it could be that though, because it was called Mega Man 64 and that. But like, Should we do environments like real world? It's probably it like somebody that holds question. a gun and does stuff, right? And that, that includes Mega so. Man. Yeah, that counts. Is this a sci-fi game? No. Is Mega Man sci-fi? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because we don't have robot boys in our reality place. currently. Not that, we, that we know of. Yeah, yeah. that we know. That's a good Fair. point. Robot dogs, though. We got those. I like sci-fi that is now in the past. Mm. Like in the distant future of 2010. 1990X. <laughs> yeah. Um... It's not sci-fi, huh? Mm-mm. Do you shoot? I mean, is it like, does it take place in like Earth, like normal Earth, normal ass planet Earth? That's your question? Yeah. It is. Uh, yes, it's supposed to take place on Earth. And that is 15. It could be. <laughs> could be James Bond. Probably. I don't know. No, that's a license. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Duh. Um, the animal was developed in Japan. That was stupid. And the series is still active. I can't even picture what this game yeah. looks like. I don't have like a perspective. Is it like a top down? I game? just keep coming back to third person. Should we narrow that down? I can't even think of one. Though. Yeah, I need the perspective a little bit, right? Go for it. Well, you you, you do it. Yeah, you can. That's the one you want. <laughs> you asked. That. You said it. <laughs> I, I said I'm thinking of a third person. Is this a third? Per- do you, is this a third played from a third person perspective? No. Right. Well, that's very unusual. Yeah. What is this, some so, isometric thing we can't think of? Or it of? could be an FPS, a PS1 FPS. We don't know. What what FPS exists right now that's cross-console made out of Japan? In uh, For PlayStation 1? Yeah. Just nothing. I, like, it could be, but it also could be, like, that's like that's like the Doom era of games. It's so unusual, but there are games like that. And then there's, a, a I guess, like, first-person spaceship games. But that would be sci-fi. First person tank games, first person. It not being third person implies that you can't see your character at all. Like, it, like it's not side scrolling or top down or isometric. Mm-hmm. 
It implies that it's first person. Mm, that's fair. What if it's just like a really arcadey game? Could be a light gun game. Could be time crisis. Could be time crisis. What's the ti- what's time crisis like? It's like a light gun first game. Person. It's the one where you hide behind. It's an arcade game where you hide behind cover and then pop out and shoot guys. Made so by Namco. We yeah. could yeah we could ask our arcade question. Uh, is this an arcade port? No. <laughs> well, goddamn. <laughs> I, thought, I thought I was so clever there for a second. <clears throat> is it a gun based like game? Do you? I mean, what we said that we light shoot gun? light gun oh. games. It yeah, could, but wouldn't yeah. that be an arcade? Though? Well, but there's other, there's like Virtua Cop, which was Sega Saturn, but like, you know, yeah, I, I was not playing a hard name Dino, Dino, Dino Crisis. It's PS1, but that's third person. Oh, I thought, felt so good about the light gun games, Damon. Well, what about setting? Like, should we ask if there's like a you didn't, military base thing? We didn't eliminate light you, gun game. You didn't ask if it was a light gun game. Well, we asked if it was time crisis. Well, so, no. no. What did we, we asked but if it was an arcade think, port. Oh, if it was yeah. an arcade port. Mm-hmm. Could be Point Blank, which was also Namco. I don't think that takes place. On. Is that a military game? No, that was just like a silly. It's basically like gun mini games where you're like shooting cans and keeping. Them we need to know if that's like a military that. game. And that doesn't even narrow it down for me though. Yeah, I know. But I figure yeah. setting might help. Yeah. Might spur some of these memory. Well, we know it's in, in like earthy setting. Yeah, it's good. Military, I think, is helpful. Yeah, it'd be lethal enforcers. <laughs> is it military themed? No. Great. Back to square one. Yeah. But at least the square one's not a military game. We have one question left, right? Yeah. Damon, I feel like was trying to give us a hint by saying you didn't eliminate light gun. I know. I was thinking that too. But then it's not an arcade port. So I'm like, I, you know, I don't know. Yeah, because Lethal Enforcers was. I don't know anything about. Does this use a weird Wait, peripheral? It could be Redneck, say that? It could be Redneck Rampage. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. If, I don't think that's still it. Does this use a PlayStation peripheral? Um, does it use a PlayStation peripheral? Like commonly. In in some territories, it did. What? What? What is oh, this hard mode nonsense? What <laughs> wait, are you it doing? There's like a move controller component is it, to it now. Is it Res? Although that's not on Earth. Well, was that in PlayStation also, One? No. Yeah. <clears throat> we have arrived at the twentieth question. We should know this because if it used if it if there was a peripheral that was like in Japan, that was super weird that we didn't get here. How would we not? Man, I don't know what to do. Oh, no. I was going to say Typing of the Dead has yeah. a keyboard. I mean, what we did, we lose. That's what we do. Yeah. <laughs> what was Typing of the Dead on PlayStation? No, that was uh, what Dreamcast? It was like a Dreamcast exclusive because of the keyboard. I mean, there's also the place. Was there like an eye or something for the PlayStation? Was there a camera thing? Not PS1. That was also PS2. PS1's like old. That's I know. Weird. I'm it like. It seems weird. <laughs> it does seem weird. What, where do you think we went wrong, Damon? Um, you once again forgot what time of year it is. Oh yeah, it's spooky. So we know that, Ooh. but that's why, like the the House of the Dead was a really good line of, of yeah. questioning. Yeah, but that's our case. Uh, you didn't pursue the light gun avenue. That's probably it. Is a light gun game? Well, and it could be House of the Dead that wasn't in arcades. Yeah, but like I, I it's not that I didn't pursue it. It's that if it's not an arcade port, I'm like I can't think of hmm. original PS one yeah. light gun. I mean, games. I think we got to light Except gun game. It is a game that we've talked about on the show recently. Ugh. A PS1 uh, light gun game, uh, Resident Evil Survivor. Uh, oh. that was never, I've never heard of that. Game. Never going to get that. <laughs> yeah. We talked about it because we talked about all the bad uh, Resident Evil spinoffs. Yeah, but I don't remember what happens on the show. Oh, okay. Yeah, gotcha. same. Yeah. I black out whenever I'm in here. <laughs> uh, it only supported the light gun in Japan and Europe. In North America, you just had to move the cursor around the screen with the D-pad. What, what was that Aerosmith light gun game where you used a D-pad? Revolution X? Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. What's the game called again? 
Resident Evil. I'm not making a joke. Survivor. Survivor. Yeah. yeah. I don't, come on. That's hard. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's, that's, that's hard really mode. hard, Damon. I would say, except that we've talked about the game recently. Was that was like a month ago. Everyone at on least. the show. Yeah. When we did, when no, they announced no, the no, new. Nobody here knows what that game is. They announced the new Resident Evil spinoff. <laughs> it's probably, so we talked about all the other yeah, Resident Evil spinoffs. We didn't talk about it. You talked about it. That was like a year ago. With Mark Medina and CJ. I know Tina was here. That's true. I remember it now. That's really hard. <laughs> That's hard mode for sure. All right. Yeah. yeah. You let well, us astray. You can let, uh, you're going to be hearing from, you have to let, you have to talk to Robert from Florida. Robert from Florida can at you. Yeah, he it's can. True. Robert, please at me. Now I just want to play Time Crisis. Uh, or House you know, of the Dead. Resident Evil Survivor was not developed by Capcom. It was developed by this company called Toze, which is like a ghost developer that mm. assists with a lot of games and then doesn't put their name or their <laughs> staff in the credits. <laughs> Sad. I know. It's weird. <laughs> in the 90s, like after that was already established. But, except this game came out in 2000. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's Wait, so you got that wrong from the start? Nope. The console came out before Oh, that go. We got screwed on that question then. <laughs> Why? Because if we would have said a game that came out before 2000, you would have said no. But we said, yeah. did this come out on a console that came out before 2000? Yeah. Said, yeah. No, I don't think that'll... Ca- this actually- is why we don't listen to everybody that doesn't play 20 questions. <laughs> yeah, you were you still just thinking of PlayStation it. games. I don't, like, if I had told you that game came out in 97, you wouldn't have blinked an eye. I don't actually like that question, though, because there's like still Genesis games coming <clears> out like once a year. Like Dreamcast, <laughs> new Dreamcast games are still coming out. Well, first of all, I screwed up the question. It should have been, was this on PlayStation era. You sacrificed it for the goofs. Yeah, I did. Well, also, like, we don't know the big what, goofs in the sky. what number generation each console is, right? Like, I don't know. No. Well, that's what I never think say. of it. I They're never like, think. Why don't you? Oh, so what, gen, does this come out on four. seventh generation consoles? I don't know. What's that? <laughs> is that the TurboGrafx-16? Listen, I have no man, idea. We'll go back to your desk. We're going to show you what pixels <laughs> and sprites and polygons are. And then <laughs> yeah, we're going to talk about that, the console like, generations. Then it's like, I think of games like Einhander and I don't know. I don't know. Stop yeah. thinking of Einhander. <laughs> I never am going to stop thinking about Einhander. <laughs> it's just, if Damon, what are you thinking about? It's always Einhander and then the Battletoads pause <laughs> music. <laughs> That's it. It's just sitting there. <laughs> <laughs> That's all that's going on in here. Wait, everybody, hold on. I need to think about this for a second. <laughs> you got to turn that off. It'll fade out in a second. <laughs> That's all the scoops we have for you this week. Next week is uh, Spooky Week. Oh my God, we forgot to bring our son out Aww. this week. But that was it's I more appropriate it was for forward. the other. I said I was going to bring it out the rest of October. <laughs> <laughs> I said I was going to ask about spooky games for the rest of October. Should I go run get him? Wait, we yeah. left our son alone. Yeah. No, no, no. It's fine. It's fine. We're we're going to wrap right. up the show. We're running over time. We'll bring him out next week for Game Spook. Uh, everybody get ready. We're going to tell us, uh, Tina's going to read us a spooky story. Oh yeah. It's going to be really fun. Understand this. Correct. I haven't been working on it hard at all. (laughs) (laughs) There are a lot of antics on the way. Antics. So if you're not a fan of antics, go listen to Uh, the podcast unlocked. And if something, if there's some reason, like all of us are like, uh, if we happen to be busy, we have some other people that can come in and host a show for us next week. Yeah. Don't worry about it. (laughs) So don't worry about that. Uh, that is all the scoops we have for you this week. Thank you, Justin. Thank you, Sam. Thank you, Tina. My name is Damon. This is IGN Games Scoop, and we're out.
Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.